and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So let me ask you a question as we get rolling this week. Uh, when it comes to prayer, our conversations with God, uh, what is that like for you? To put it another way, how impactful is that in your life? I mean, if you were to kind of rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 10 being it is life-changing, it is a priority, it is huge in terms of my relationship with God, and then there's one of like, it's kind of non-existent, uh, it doesn't really happen. Think about it for a moment, because I'm sure for all of us, we land at different places, maybe at different times in our lives. Uh, for some, uh, maybe prayer is kind of awkward for you. It's, it's kind of like when, if you remember these times, or maybe you're in these times, when you're asking someone out on a date for the very first time. You're, you're like really interested in the person. You, you want to get to know them. You really want them to get to know you. But you don't know how to break the ice. You don't know what to say. Uh, you don't want to come across as being dumb. You, you want to put your best foot forward. And maybe that's sometimes a reality for us in prayer. Because you've heard other people pray and they use these really impressive words that probably they don't even know what they're saying. And they use this rather deep voice, you know, the voice they don't use when they normally talk. And you, you get intimidated, you, you get awkward, and you think, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't talk to God like that. Maybe for others, you kind of land in the rut of ritual. That, that prayer at one point in your life was meaningful. Um, but then over time, it seems like you continue to say the same thing over and over and over again. And not only are you losing interest, but you're pretty sure God is losing interest as well. Maybe for others, prayer for you is like more of a seasonal thing. So at different times in your life, the, the rating on the scale will go up or down. Like when life is in crisis and you can't figure it out, that is when prayer is like hitting 10 on the scale. But then other times when life is going swimmingly, it's less and less and less. Maybe for some of you, the real honest answer is, I don't really think prayer works. I get it, you're going to tell me the importance of prayer, but I've prayed, I've asked, and it seems as if nothing has happened. Hey, listen, regardless of where you are on this spectrum of prayer, today I want to have an honest conversation. Not just simply, what does prayer look like, but why do we pray? Because I'm convinced if we don't understand the why behind our prayers, we're going to be awkward. We're going to fall into the rut of ritual. And we may even be tempted to just let prayer completely slip away. So to kind of shape our conversation, we're going to turn again to the story of Daniel. Now, if you have been walking with us the last number of weeks, you know we've been in Daniel. But for those of you that perhaps are jumping in for the very first time, again, welcome. But we've been walking through the story of Daniel. Daniel is told in the Old Testament at a time when things for the people of God are not going well. The city of Jerusalem, the temple has all been destroyed and they've been pulled off into exile by the Babylonians. And essentially in Daniel, we see an individual who is desiring to remain faithful to God, to not just simply hold on to his beliefs, but allow it to shape his behavior in a pluralistic culture, in a society that, that would look upon God and his beliefs as being ridiculous and completely unnecessary. And my hope is, is that it's really begun to paint a picture for us as to how we, too, can remain faithful in the midst of all of life. 
And what you start to notice as you look into Daniel's life is you start to see the importance of prayer for him. I mean, so much so. I mean, last week we looked at how prayer almost cost him his life. That, that because he, he refused to stop praying, it, it almost ended up in death. But we're not told why prayer was so important. That's where we want to land today. We want to turn again to the story of Daniel and, and begin to have a better understanding of, of why prayer is so important. Now, the context is Daniel is getting later on in years. He's in his 80s. The book of Daniel started when he's a teenager. And so we're going to jump in and we're first going to kind of set the context as to how he starts to begin to pray, but then understand why he prays as well. My hope for you is that regardless of where you are when it comes to faith, when it comes to prayer, that this will be an opportunity to be renewed or perhaps have a new perspective on prayer, our conversations with God. So let's jump in. We're going to turn to Daniel chapter 9, and we're going to begin with verse 1. And this is what we read. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, who became king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. I prayed the Lord my God and confessed. Now I'm just going to stop right there for a moment. That before we get into what Daniel prayed, to understand the context. Because this, I think, will be a bit of a life hack, a bit of a help for us in terms of how this can be incorporated into our life as well. You see, the situation for Daniel is that he was reading the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is also an individual we're told about in the Bible. And it was through the prophet Jeremiah that the message came that not only were the, were the people of God going to be exiled, that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed because of their unfaithfulness, but that their exile was not going to simply last a week or a month or a year, but decades. God actually got incredibly specific and said, this is going to last 70 years. So the message of Jeremiah was, hunker down. <laughs> this is not going away. So what's the context? Well, for Daniel, he was one of the first to be exiled. And he would have been about 15. And as I mentioned earlier, he's now in his 80s. And so Daniel reads this, and, and his heart must start to, 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 to beat at a higher rate. Because he must start, start, start to realize, hey, I can do the math. I was 15. Now I'm in my 80s. 70 years is almost complete. There must have been such excitement for Daniel to think, hey, wait a second, wait a second. This, this promise that God gave to Jeremiah that this exile was only going to last 70 years, it's soon to wrap up. And that was the motivation for his prayer. Bit of a life hack. If you're someone who struggles with the ritual or the rut of the ritual of prayer, or you're someone who struggles with, with what exactly should I pray? Have you ever considered using the Bible as a guide for prayer? That the Bible is not just simply, I'm going to read it for information, to hear what God has done, to, to hear what God is going to do. But you use it as a means to really guide your prayers. Because that's exactly, that's exactly what Daniel did. Rebecca, my wife, is, is great at this. Oftentimes when we're with our kids and, and we're, we're, we're talking about prayer and we kind of run into the rut of the ritual and it's kind of becoming less meaningful, 
Rebecca's like, let's, let's open up the Bible. Let's, let's talk about a passage and then let's pray specifically about what that passage talks about. So maybe that's something you want to begin to consider because that's what motivated Daniel to start praying. Okay, okay, there's a context. So Daniel's pumped. He's thinking the exile is about to come to an end. And then in verse 4 to verse 6, we start to see what he begins to pray. He says, O Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love and obey your commands. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke on your authority to our kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. And then we're going to jump down to verse 17. O our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay. O my God, for your people in your city bear your name. Now that was just a a chunk of Daniel's prayer. But if you read all of the chapter, you begin to see how he goes into even greater detail. And essentially what Daniel does is, is three things. He begins with praise. He then jumps into confession. And then he ends with a specific request. He, he starts by, by praising God. And, and here we begin to see a little bit of the nuts and bolts as to what prayer can look like for us as well. Like are our conversations with God a part of praise? Do we give thanks to God for all that he has done? The the second element of Daniel's prayer is is he starts to confess and he specifically talks about what got them into the trouble in the first place. That because they rebelled, because they disobeyed, because they failed to listen to the words of the prophets warning them to turn from their ways and turn to God, it got them into exile. And so he is offering confession. And then at the very end, he comes with the request. I don't know about you, but, but oftentimes we want to jump to the request, right? We, we kind of forget the praise. We kind of don't want to talk about confession. We just jump to the ask. But Daniel starts with praise, then confession, then the ask. And the ask is specific. He basically says, God, will you smile on us again? Will you restore Jerusalem? Essentially what Daniel is asking is the promise you made to Jeremiah about 70 years, may you fulfill that now. May you allow us to return to Jerusalem, to leave Babylon, to restore our homes, to rebuild the temple, to get back to how things were. He was having an open conversation with God. And this is helpful. It starts to give us a bit of a behind the scenes of what does prayer look like? And so let me offer those two suggestions. The first one is use the Bible to help kind of set it up. The second thing is be like Daniel, be specific. I I think one of the dangers of our prayers and perhaps why they become less meaningful for us is they're too general. We, We don't even know exactly what we're asking or what we're praising God for or what it is we're confessing. Listen, understand, we don't need to be specific in order to tell God what he already knows. Rather, it's for our benefit. 
And I know in my life that when I copy more of Daniel, when I become more specific in my praise, in my confession, in my asks, it becomes so much more meaningful. So for those of you that perhaps are struggling with prayer because it's awkward, you don't know what to say, or it becomes a little bit meaningful, hopefully this is helpful. But maybe there's some of you that are sitting at home right now and thinking, listen, this is all helpful, but just so you know, Joel, I have prayed the scriptures. I have been very specific with my ass, and nothing seems to happen. What, what do you have to say to that? And so often, one of the greatest barriers that we face in, in prayer, in faith, in our relationships with God, is when we make these asks and nothing seems to happen. And this is why I want to get to the reason for prayer. What it is that prayer is all about. You see, sometimes I think we land in the trap of thinking that prayer is just simply telling God what it is we need. And then when God answers exactly as we have asked, then prayer works. So if you're praying for healing, or if you're in trouble, or if you're looking for clarity, or if you're looking for a relationship to be restored, or whatever the specific ask must be, you pray and you ask and you petition, and nothing happens, you walk away. But I think it's precisely here that we begin to miss the why prayer is so important. And we see it in Daniel chapter 9. Because at the end, after Daniel has prayed, we start to see a response from God. Let's jump back in as to the why behind our prayer. Verse 20, this is what we read. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. Just a couple things to note. First of all, it's in Daniel's prayer that we learn some valuable truths. The first one is that God hears our prayers. Daniel is told when Gabriel shows up that, that even when you began praying, like, like Daniel hadn't even finished his prayer and God was already sending an angel to speak to him. God hears your prayers. The second thing is understand that, that we are precious in God's sight. I love, I love how God not only tells him that, but he identifies him by name. It's not like Gabriel's like, hey, um, remind me who you are again. Like, what, hey, you. No, he calls him by name. But then in verse 22, I believe it's through the message of Gabriel to Daniel that we start to see the why, the why we pray. It's simply this, to give us insight and understanding. Have you ever considered that when we pray, it's not for God's benefit. It's not just simply to make a request and an ask, but rather it's in prayer that we intentionally position ourselves with a posture to hear from God, to get his insight, to have his understanding. 
Because I know there are times when I pray specifically for certain things and the answer that I would want does not always come. And so if I think that prayer is just simply telling God and then getting from God what I need, then yeah, in that instance, prayer has failed. But if I look at prayer first and foremost as me positioning myself with a posture to have understanding and insight from God, this becomes a game changer. Because this is what God gives to Daniel. In verse 24, God then through Gabriel gives him this incredible vision. Now, I'll be the first to admit, as you hear this, this might be a little bit more confusing than helpful, but just hang with me. I'm going to unpack it real quick. In verse 24, this is the vision. This is the insight and understanding that God is giving to Daniel to his request. Verse 24, a period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision, and to anoint the most holy place. The command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one, comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses, despite the perilous times. After this, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. But after half this time, he, the anointed one, will put an end to the sacrifices and the offering. So you may look at this and think, okay, wait a second, what, what just happened? Like, what insight and clarity is God giving? Two things, two incredible things. The first thing is that God is actually answering Daniel's prayer. He is reminding him that yes, the promise will be fulfilled, that Jerusalem will be rebuilt, that Daniel will return home. Now you could stop there and think, well, well thank you, God. I prayed you, you answered my prayers, everything is good. But what Daniel didn't expect is the insight and understanding that God was about to give to him, but also to you and me. That, that God's answer to Daniel was something even greater, something even beyond what he could even expect. You see, Daniel asked for the specific, and God gave him the greater picture. Isn't that so often the truth for us is that we get so caught up in the specific circumstances of our lives that oftentimes what God wants to do and what prayer begins to provide is to pull us back to have an even greater perspective. Because what God starts to speak into Daniel's life is about the anointed one. The one who put an end to sin, will atone for guilt, will bring everlasting righteousness that he will be killed, and that in the moment it will appear as if nothing has been accomplished. I just want to stop there because this starts to give me chills. You see, for Daniel and for many of the followers of God, they wanted to get back to Jerusalem. Why? Because it was in Jerusalem that there was the temple, and that it was in the temple that they would be able to atone for their guilt and to receive the forgiveness of their sins through offerings and sacrifices. If you're familiar with the Old Testament, you, you see this ritual, you see this rite, that it was through the blood offering of animals that their sins were atoned for. 
And so there was likely the belief in Daniel and amongst others that if they didn't get back to Jerusalem, if they didn't rebuild the temple, then would their sins really be forgiven? And it's like God comes alongside and says, Daniel, 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 I'm going to rebuild the temple, but I'm doing something even greater. I'm bringing the anointed one, the one who's going to put an end to those sacrifices, to those offerings. He's going to put an end to sin. He is going to atone for guilt. He is going to bring everlasting righteousness. He is going to die. And in the moment, it may think that all has been lost. Like, do you see where we're going? Daniel is one of the great books that foreshadows the incredible reality of Jesus. The ultimate one, the the one who ushers in this new covenant, that the old covenant is gone and that in Jesus, we are forgiven, we are restored, we are healed. Daniel is a book of hope that points us to the ultimate hope that is found in Jesus. So what does this mean for you and me? When it comes to prayer, be specific. I believe it's okay to make specific asks of God, but allow prayer to always be built upon the foundation of seeking insight and understanding from God. That he is in control. That it is because of Jesus we have this ultimate hope. There's going to be times where we're going to pray specifically for healing. There's going to be times when we pray for relationships to be restored. There's going to be times when we are going to pray for clarity in decisions. And it may seem like in the moment we're not getting our specific ask. But in your prayer, will you pull back and begin to allow God to give you the greater insight and understanding? to the hope that we ultimately have in Jesus, not only in the midst of our circumstances, but into all of life. Recently, as I have been trying to put into practice what I'm sharing with you, I've prayed in a way that asks God for insight and understanding. There's been a particular circumstance that I've just been wrestling with. And And one of the messages that I believe God has given to me is this, that I am to be faithful and I leave the results up to him. I don't know about you, but it's not necessarily the answer to prayer that I want, but it's likely the most helpful one that God could give for us We are called to be faithful. And one of the ways that we remain faithful is through prayer. Through getting into a position and creating a posture where we are open for the understanding and the insight of God. If prayer is simply just about telling God what it is you need, you're probably going to fall into the rut of the ritual. You may land at a place where you will walk away. But if you see prayer as opening yourself up to what God wants to speak into your life, I know this, and this is life-changing. 
There is nothing. There is nothing in this life that God will not walk you through. He may take you down a path you didn't expect or you initially did not want to go. But he'll provide you the hope. He will provide you the assurance and the strength that he promised to Daniel thousands of years ago that because of Jesus, we have this incredible assurance. I don't know what you're going through today, but may you go to God in prayer, not just simply be granted what you ask, but to receive his insight, his understanding. Because it's in these places that you ultimately receive his peace. Let us pray together. And so, Lord God, as we come before you, as you know the circumstances of our lives, I ask specifically for those that are watching, specifically those that perhaps have come to you with requests, that find themselves in a difficult, even a dark place, pleading with you, asking of you, and yet seemingly not getting a response. God, may you give them your insight, your understanding. May they, like Daniel, begin to see the vision of a greater picture, of the ultimate hope that steps beyond our circumstances and lands squarely at the foot of Jesus. May he be the one that gives us the strength, that gives us the assurance to continue to remain faithful in the midst of all things. For we ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so now may the blessing and love of God the Father Almighty, the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and the comfort and the understanding of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen. our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispres.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. 
And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.